life down on the farm has changed somewhat and is certainly different from the folksy ideal many have built up in their imaginations of what everyday life was like in bygone days. As a youngster living in Ireland 60 or so years ago, I can still recall many aspects of that hard life. And yet, the memories of a peaceful and contented rural scene remain with me. Although perhaps not as idyllic a scene as that described by Oliver Goldsmith in the deserted village. Sweet Auburn, loveliest village of the plain, where health and plenty cheered the labouring swain, where smiling spring its earliest visits paid and parting summer's lingering blooms delayed. Dear lovely bars of innocent and these, seats of my youth, where every sport could please. How often have I loitered o'er thy green, where humble happiness endeared each scene. Goldsmith goes on to lament the fact that even in his day, the early 1700s, rural life was changing and the heart was being driven from the community. Sweet smiling village, loveliest of the lawn, thy sports are fled and all thy charms withdrawn. But it's the pleasant side of rural life which we all like to remember. Egg gathering around the farmyard, trying to follow a broody leghorn to see where she had laid her brood of eggs, and fussy mother hens running around with real chickens. The joy of going out on a summer evening to bring in those beautiful gentle beasts for milking walking behind them as they ambled along, each knowing which place was hers in the byre, their patience as they waited to be milked, the wonderful smell of a byre, and that special sound of milk hitting the stainless steel bucket. Of course, milking was by hand in those days, and somehow that all seemed more natural than the mechanised dairy of today. I remember the day the men from Alpha Laval came to install the new-fangled machine. Little did I think then that a major aspect of rustic life had changed forever. We all just had to get used to the sound and noise from the little petter diesel engine as it fed the milker. There was something strong and reliable about rural life in those days. Neighbours and community were important. People were always dropping in for a chat and the kettle was constantly on the crane over the turf fire, singing gently and ever ready to make a welcoming cup of tea. Even as a child on my grandfather's farm, when lying in bed at night, sunk deep in a feather mattress, I always felt assured and secure, listening to the chains rattling now and again in the byre across the yard as Daisy, Buttercup, or one of their friends moved position, while contentedly chewing her cud. I loved to walk into the byre when milking had been done for the day 
The farm cats would be drinking their ration of warm, fresh milk, and in the quiet, the cows silently chewed the cud. Have you ever wondered why Buttercup and her friends chewed the cud? They say a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, but I did read an article about cows chewing the cud. So here's a bit about animal husbandry. Dairy cows spend almost eight hours a day chewing their cuds, or for a total of almost 30,000 chews a day. It can be said that a contented cow is one who is seen chewing her cud. In reality, there's quite a bit of truth in this statement, for when cows chew their cuds, they secrete saliva. This saliva contains a natural antacid which helps to buffer the rumen or the first compartment of the stomach. Proper buffering of the rumen allows a cow to digest forages better and helps her to eat more feed, which helps her produce more milk. What st stimulates a, a cow to chew her cud? Well, when a cow chews her cud, she is regurgitating a bolus or a lump of chewed food into her mouth, which she rechews and re-swallows. Cattle food or forages of sufficient length need to be fed to dairy cows and heifers for optimal production of saliva. 15 to 20% of forages fed to cows need to be longer than an inch and a half or two inches. Forages which are pulverised during mixing, chopping them up, will not allow for sufficient cud chewing. Cattle on feedlock rations will not engage in much cud chewing simply because the particle sizes of the feed material are not normally large enough. Cud chewing often can be used as an indicator of the health of a dairy herd. Cows who do not chew their cuds enough may have lower milk fat tests, may become lame, or have other digestive upsets such as twisted stomachs. All of these problems directly affect the profitability of a dairy operation. From a practical standpoint, how can we make sure that cows get enough effective fibre or long forages or hay to stimulate cud chewing by feeding enough high quality forages? That's how. The most important thing you can do is observe your cows. Generally we expect to see 70% of cows actually chewing their cuds when they are resting. Pay attention to fresh cows to see that they are chewing their cuds. Taking time to carefully observe your cows will pay dividends in recognising potential problems before they become major headaches. 
And it's obvious from that uh, little bit about animal husbandry that the development of a cow depends on what food it eats and whether it chews the cud or not. And so I think that Christians could learn from this humble animal. In the Old Testament law, we learn of animals which were either clean and unclean. There were two qualifications for cleanliness. An animal had to have a cloven hoof and chew the cud. To be regarded as a clean animal, it had to qualify on both counts. For instance, the camel chewed the cud but had not a cloven hoof, therefore it was out. The pig had a cloven hoof but did not chew the cud, so it too was out. So here are some lessons we may learn from cows chewing the cud. Born again believers who have accepted Christ as their saviour have been cleansed, made clean from their sins and made acceptable to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 1 verse 6. The hoof, having a cloven hoof. The hoof reminds us of our walk as Christians while the chewing of the cud speaks of our love for spiritual scripture and how we apply it to our lives. To be a balanced Christian we must show by our walk that we have the indwelling Spirit of God producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and that can only come about if we are fed daily by the living word and it is applied and meditated upon, digested again and again. I'm not talking here of the type of meditation which we see around today. I'm talking here of true biblical meditation on the word of God. Not the new age mantras and meditation promoted by many today like Rick Warren and Bill Hybels and leaders of the emergent and Roman Catholic churches. And followers of mystics such as Thomas Mert and Henry Nerwin, among others. Those like Tony Campalo who says in his testimony, In my case, intimacy with Christ had developed gradually over the years, primarily through what Catholics call centering prayer. Each morning, as soon as I wake up, I take time, sometimes as much as half an hour, to center myself on Jesus. I say his name over and over again to drive back the 101 things that begin to clutter my mind the minute I open my eyes. Jesus is my mantra, as some would say. There are those we have met, and I was challenged by this thought myself, that seem to walk well, but do not chew the cud. Here is what Jesus said. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Matthew twenty-three twenty-eight. 
We need to be reminded, as Paul reminded the elders of Ephesus, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. We need to be built up as Christians. Now, it seems perfectly obvious that cows need to be fed the correct food. When on my grandfather's farm, I loved to feed the young calves their nourishing milk how they would suck my fingers as we sought to encourage them to feed for themselves as they vied with each other to gain attention, sometimes knocking the bucket and spilling over the milk. We would have been very worried if the calves never progressed to stronger forage. Likewise, Paul constantly worried about his people. They had to be fed milk as they were not ready for the meat of the word. They were content with the milk and as a result did not chew over the word, did not meditate over it and learn from it in order to grow in grace and in the knowledge of God and become mature Christians. They were constantly dependent upon the milk being fed to them, just like the calves on the farm but never progressing on to deeper things in the word of God. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 2, he says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hither, hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet are ye able. What a sad thing to have to say. Up until then they were not able to bear the solid milk, food of the word, the meat. The writer to the Hebrews in verse 5 and 12 to 14. Now when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. How sad that they had to say that to the Christians in those days. Are we out of step with the basic Bible teaching and doctrines of the Apostles? Did you notice what is said about cows who are being fed the wrong fodder? that which was not correct, and so that they did not chew the cud. They became lame, or developed other digestive upsets, such as twisted stomachs. What about us? Have we developed a twisted view of the scriptures and the teachings of the apostles? I remember... And I mentioned this before, 
I had to do a survey in the house. I was nearly finished and went into the living room where there was a small cot and I looked in to see the baby. To my shock I saw a small baby with an old face, still a baby, but had not grown up, stunted growth. How sad. What a warning to us Christians. We can become like that child in the cot. May we be careful to feed on the meat of the word and be prepared to digest it and chew over it and grow thereby. They were also cattle who were fed what they called feedlot type rations, who will not engage in much cud chewing simply because the particle sizes of the feed material are not normally large enough. Feedlot rations are given to cattle which are about to be sold off in a market. They are fed food which will make them appear to be healthy and fat. But in fact the food is of no material good to their bodies. And subsequently they simply do not have anything to chew over. Sadly today we see many churches feeding their congregations on fables and not on the wheat of the word. Listen to what Paul advises Timothy. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and, do and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Second Timothy 4, 2-4 Jeremiah, a great old prophet, he prophesied against these preachers in his day. Listen to these words from Jeremiah. I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they have to tell every man to his neighbour. As their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal, the prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. But he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord? And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words every one from his neighbour. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, He saith, Behold, I am against that prophet, that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord. 
and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. Jeremiah 23, 25 to 32. Maybe you notice it was also interesting that the more the cows chewed the cud, the more they ate, the more milk they produced. The more we study the word of God and seek to apply it and meditate upon it, the more we shall want it and the more fruit we will produce in our spiritual lives. Have I an appetite for the word or is it a chore or ritual that I have to get through in order to be able to say something next Sunday? Or is it my delight? Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 16. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Verse 17. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction. For thy word hath quickened me. Verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Just one more, 140. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. May we have pastors who are prepared to feed the wholesome word to the groups and fellowships and be always on the lookout for those who are not chewing over the word of God. Farmers were encouraged to pay attention and observe new cows to see that they are chewing the cuds. Taking time to carefully observe your cows will pay dividends in recognising potential problems before they become major headaches. What excellent advice to all pastors to ensure that any fresh people who come into their fellowships are learning to meditate and thoroughly digest the word, to keep a watchful eye on their fellowships. It will enable them to spot potential problems before they de develop. It said the article finished on chewing the cud. It said all of these problems directly affect the profitability of a dairy operation. Listen to what Paul's advice to Timothy was in First Timothy four fifteen. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. And just one final thought on feeding the cattle. We mentioned the feedlock rations that are given to cattle who are about to be sold off in a market. The food they were given was of no benefit to them. Just made them look healthy before they went into the market. But another thing about this feedlock 
uh, not feeding is that it is also fed to cattle in a lairage of an abattoir just enough to keep them fed as they wait to be slaughtered being fed food which will satisfy them at a very superficial level but they are soon going to die what a lesson for preachers today the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment man is heading towards an everlasting spiritual death and hell in many churches the people are being given feedlot rations which are deadly and not producing life may we each one seek to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ that Christ died for our sins and by faith and trust in him we may know the assurance of sins forgiven and now have the assurance of our salvation and a future home in heaven may we all learn to meditate over the word of God and chew it over and grow and develop as mature Christians.